The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on Riviera Radio where we talk to Rob Kay from Blevins Franks. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, Howard. Thank you. Yourself? I'm well. I'm noticing the heat, though. <laughs> I think we're all doing that at the moment. Yeah. Well, last week you referred to tourists falling in love with France while they were here on holiday, and you also mentioned the dedicated Riviera Radio questions portal, Radio at com. Now, that combination is a lively one, I reckon, because it resulted in a flurry of questions about the best way to move to France from a financial point of view. But before we get on to that, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, I would, uh, I'm sure no one needs me to tell them that uh, French schools have now broken up for the La Grande Vacances, as they say here, um, and it already feels like the world and its mother has arrived on the Riviera. Uh, to simply travel from Valbonne to Nice earlier this week, um, I didn't need France's roadwatch Bison Fute to tell me that I would encounter traffic problems, um, and the great summer getaway has definitely begun. Now, after 25 years, I probably should be accustomed to to the traffic jams, but it's not only schools that have closed, offices, businesses, some shops, and it never ceases to amaze me, even some restaurants have followed suit. I was told more than once this week that I should respect La Conge and not expect deliveries of or some services until September. So, if you're still debating where you should go on holiday, or you need to plan a trip by car, Bison Fute this week warned us to avoid the weekends of the 29th and 30th of July and the 5th and 6th of August, which will apparently be the worst weekends on French roads this summer. Now, over the past 18 months, I've made frequent references to inflation during this broadcast. So, as the French population hits the, the country's payages, it isn't a surprise to find French toll costs have increased on average 5% in the past few months. Motorway network operators are allowed to increase their prices up to 70% of inflation. So that's what many have done in advance of the holiday season. But it's not all doom and gloom. Inflation here in Europe is on its way down, while it's still rising in the UK. The Paris-based Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development this week said inflation in the UK rose to 7.9% in May, up from 78 in April. While among the countries of the G7, the rate has slipped to 4.6, down from 5.4%. The UK is now the only country in the G7 group of rich nations who is still having to deal with rising inflation. UK inflation has also forced National Savings and Investments, the UK Treasury-owned bank, to raise rates on its £121 billion premium bond lottery last week to the highest level since 2007, after one of the worst fundraising months on record. Figures from its July price fund draw, released on Monday, revealed it attracted just 460,000 of new money compared with June's draw. New premium bonds must be held for at least a full calendar month before they're entered into the draw. There have only been 15 worst months for fundraising, for NSNI since 1994, and that was the worst month on record when there was actually positive inflows. NSNI raised the average return on premium bonds from 3.7% to 4%, the highest level since December 2007. And as a result of this change, the latest odds on a £1 premium bond winning any prizes, which ran from £25 to two £1 million jackpots, reduced from 24,000 to 1 to 22,000 to 1. Finally, the statistics 
uh, bureau INSEE this week revealed the most common names chosen for babies in France last year. Separate lists were compiled for boys and girls, and Gabrielle was the most popular boy's name, with almost 5,000 children across France being given that name, while 3,420 girls were called Jade. This year, INSEE also revealed the regional favourites, and in the Alt-Maritime and the VAR, Gabrielle was also the local favourite, while Alba was the favourite for girls in the Alt-Maritime, but uh, Julia topped the list in the VAR. It's all in the name, isn't it? It's all in the name. Absolutely. Is it too simplistic to say that we should understand the tax implications of living in France before we move? Well, whether we're at the planning stage of moving to France or we've recently arrived and starting to familiarise ourselves with life in France, there are various financial planning stages we need to work our way through. For most people, the financial journey starts or started with researching the financial implications of that move. While financial goalposts seem to continually move, we can save ourselves a whole lot of pain, expense and worry by knowing what we're walking into before we take the big step that very few of us have uh, uh, when we cross the border. As much as we would all like to forget the financial implications and simply live our lives, very few of us have the financial independence to actually do that. Like it or like it not, Tax plays a big part in all our lives and understanding what we can do and what we need to do is certainly a key pillar to being able to live the life we want. It's crucial to understand before we arrive that once we're tax residents in France, we have become liable to French tax on our worldwide income gains and real estate wealth. We shouldn't forget if we've left assets behind in our mother country or we have assets in another country, once we move to France, wherever those assets are, they could still be liable to local taxes. And then we have to venture into the dark art of double tax treaties and interjurisdictional agreements to understand the implications. Since Brexit, the most frequently misunderstood issue we've continually come across is when do I become a French tax resident? I have a carte de residence, so I can come and go as I, as I wish, but, but I don't want to be a French tax resident. Over the past 12 months, the French tax authorities have issued thousands of letters asking people who have been issued with a titre de séjour, residency permits that is, why they've not submitted a French tax declaration. If you think you can come and go and have the best of both worlds, I strongly recommend you look over your shoulder because having your cake and also eating it will certainly not have a long shelf life going forward from here. Is it important to time our move from a tax perspective? Uh, the, the French tax year runs over a calendar year, so January to December, whereas the UK tax year runs from April to April. This abnormality, if I can use that description, can actually be really quite valuable, especially because France and the UK, and many other countries for that matter, have different tax rules and apply different tax rates. So if we get our timing right, we can potentially, quite legitimately, save ourselves lots of tax because the tax treatment of that income, capital gain or asset may be less in France than it was while we were tax residents in another country. This aspect is usually down to getting our arrival or our departure right from a timing perspective. If your main home is in France or you spend more than 183 days in France, then France is your principal place of abode. If your principal activity or occupation is in France or it's where, you're more, or where most of your assets are located, you will be a French tax resident or you are a French tax resident. But if you meet both the French and the UK tax residency criteria, there are tiebreaker rules in place to determine where you should be paying your tax. 
Now, from a tax perspective, France uses what's known as a split-year approach. We become tax residents from the day after we arrive if we arrive with the intention of living here permanently. On the other hand, it's very difficult to get a split-year tax treatment agreement from HMRC because the UK wants to keep its tax hooks until the end of the, of the tax year when we were UK tax residents and, importantly, get its tax hooks into us as quickly as possible when we return by taxing us from the start of the current UK tax year, i.e. the one that you've arrived during. So, is it better to sell UK assets before or after we become French residents? That's a very good question, Howard, and it's not not as simple as maybe the, the question would uh, would prompt. But uh, unless they are French assets, gains or income which arise while we're UK resident are not taxable in France, but they will be taxed by France if they're sold or received after we arrive in France. We can potentially reduce our tax liabilities by simply understanding when UK assets should be sold. There are lots of examples, but some of the most frequently overlooked are, let's say, the pension commencement lump sum. In the UK, you can withdraw 25% from your pension with no tax liability. Now, France taxes this type of pension on receipt as income, and it might even apply the social charge as well. UK investments such as ISAs, premium bonds and VCTs all enjoy tax preferential treatment in the UK, but those tax advantages don't apply once you've moved to France. UK interest and dividend payments don't benefit from the UK allowances if we are French tax residents. And when those investments are sold, we will pay the, the French income tax charge, French investment tax charge um, on those but at the point when we realise them. When we first arrive in France, we are frequently in the process of selling or buying property. In many cases, there can be various property transactions going on. When you sell and where the property is has tax implications. The tax rules regarding a UK principal private residence and a French maison principale are completely different, as is the tax treatment that applies to the sale of second homes and buy-to-let properties. Not considering our situation from both sides of the fence can be expensive and certainly more expensive than it needs to be if all we do is think before we jump. Should we adjust our estate planning as part of our move to France? French succession law and French succession taxes are completely different to the laws and taxes in the UK. French forced heirship rules automatically dictate who gets what when we die, and without proper planning, potentially up to 75% of our estate must pass to our children, even if they've already had what we consider to be their inheritance, or we think we've disinherited them. Since August 2015, British nationals have been able to elect to use UK succession rules, which means they can leave whatever they want to whomever they want. But be aware, this issue is complex, and there are lots of other implications, especially since November 21, when France changed its local rules. If we are French resident and we elect to follow the UK rules, when we die, our nearest and dearest could find their inheritance is liable to UK inheritance tax and French succession tax, which could add a further 20% to the UK inheritance tax bill. Having a succession strategy when we become French residents has to be a key part of everyone's overall financial planning strategy. It ensures our, le our legacy ends up in the right hands at the right time, but with as little tax as possible. What about our savings and investments? Do we need to review those as well? Well, moving to a new country is always a big change to anyone's life, and it's, and it's not just logical 
Um, but you need to check if our savings and investments are appropriate for that new country of, of choice where, where we've decided to live. We've chosen, let's say, to live in France, which means our expenses will have to be paid for in euros. Those euro expenses may mean we need to hold more assets in euros and diversify away from sterling denominated assets such as shares and bonds. Are we holding the right spread of assets to meet our new objectives, time horizons, and maybe a new tolerance to risk? For peace of mind, it's helpful to objectively analyse our risk profile, then use those results to ensure we have the right mix of assets in the right investment structure. I know I've said this before many times before, Howard, but retirees should also review their pension arrangements and all the options open to them. We need to ask ourselves the question, am I maximising my savings and my pensions for my retirement? I presume researching how our UK pensions are taxed in France is important as well. Yeah, as I said, the, the UK state pension and, and most of our pensions um, can be paid gross. And French residents then pay French income tax on that source of income and on income from, let's again, you know, from occupational uh, schemes, pen, personal pensions and also annuities. Now, UK government service pensions are not directly taxable in France, but they still need to be included in our French tax declaration because they contribute to our overall taxable income. As I said earlier, France taxes pension lump sums at the applicable income tax rate, plus potentially a 9.1% social charge if we don't have an S1. However, in the right circumstances, we might be able to withdraw all the monies from our UK pension and only pay a one-off 7.5% tax rate. Alternatively, it might be better to transfer our pensions to a qualified and recognised overseas pension scheme, known as QROPS. In the right circumstances, QROPS gives us the flexibility to take income in euros, more freedom to pass our benefits to our chosen heirs, and protection from the reintroduction, reintroduction or potential reintroduction of the lifetime allowance, and an extension to the overseas transfer charge. We shouldn't forget, if we can obtain an S1, or we're covered by the French healthcare system because we have an S1, we will not pay French social charges on our overseas pension income. Like most of these things, Pension rules change frequently, so we need to keep up to date and always take FCA-regulated advice before we make any pension decisions. Do you have any other financial advice for anyone who wants to settle here in France? Um, well, at first glance, the French financial landscape looks very similar to its neighbour in the UK. Taxes on either side of the channel have, have similar names. But don't be fooled, the name is where the similarities stop. The two tax systems and their respective taxes are very different. I urge anyone thinking of moving to France, or if you've recently moved, to review your new financial situation. To ensure our finances are in the best possible position for our new life in France, we need to take professional advice from a cross-border specialist firm. Blevins Franks has been providing cross-border strategic financial planning advice to UK nationals who choose to settle in France for nearly 50 years now. So I think it goes without saying, we know what we're doing. Every family is different, so our strategic financial planning must be carefully designed for us. All the various aspects need to fit securely together to create a financial plan, which provides long-term financial security, not only for us, but also for our family and our heirs. So if you live in France or you're thinking of living in France, you'll benefit from having a conversation about your strategic financial planning with a Blevins Franks partner. Alternatively, if you've arrived many moons ago but you have a question or a query about anything concerning money or your finances, 
give us a call and speak to one of our local partners. If we can help, we obviously will. But if we can't, we will probably know someone who can. If you'd like to discuss your financial arrangements with a Blevins Franks partner and you live in France or you're thinking of living in France, call our Valbon office. The telephone number there is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. And if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can call our Monaco office. And the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And finally, if you'd like to know more about Blevins Franks or you prefer to contact us via the internet, you can visit our website, which is very simply www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. We'll talk again next Sunday. Thanks very much, Howard. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. The UK pensions lifetime allowance and tax charges have been abolished. Welcome news for those with larger pension savings. A future government could, however, reverse this move, resulting in limited opportunity to take steps to protect yourself. Blevins Franks provides wealth management solutions for British expatriates in France and can help you explore pension opportunities. Call 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com. That's blevinsfranks.com.